Hello, and welcome to Mirrorly. I'm Kate Gray Johnson. And I'm Brie Kime. And this is a podcast where we talk about body image using our own personal stories to reflect on the lies that we believe about ourselves, our bodies, and each other. time. Hello. Are you ready to talk about being anorexic? I'm so ready. (laughs) What's your overall feeling about this? Well, what are you thinking and feeling right now? So in reflecting and trying to figure out how to tell this story, because as you know, the first time that I tried to tell it, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's a cohesive narrative that I just told. And so in trying to go back and do what you suggested to me, which was create a timeline and go from there, I feel a little bit more prepared, but it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. I guess I'll just start, though, because, you know, you know, why wait? Sorry if you can hear that. There's a lot of notes that are happening, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to start this story. Well, okay, I think I have to preface. Kate and I have been sharing in the previous episodes the things that kind of shaped our worldview and our relationship with food and how that affected us later in life. So those things do come into play in this story that I'm going to tell today, but I'm not necessarily going to talk about those specific things because we already shared them. When you were thinking about writing this timeline, like how did you decide where to start? That's a good question. I didn't know where to start with this because I realized that I, I remember specifically when I decided that I wanted to lose weight. However, I realized that leading up to that decision, there had to have been a time where I felt like I needed to lose weight. Yeah. And I actually kind of forgot about that time um, because the following period of time is so prevalent in my mind that it kind of... I kind of just forgot about the things that happened beforehand that led up to that specific decision. And in reflecting on that, so maybe I will start a little bit ahead of that decision to lose weight because I realized that before then, I was in ninth grade, the fall of ninth grade Mm -hmm. leading into the year that I would go into 10th grade. Got it. So I remember going into high school, I was feeling not super confident. I don't think a lot of people feel confident in that time period of life. But one thing that I definitely had started to notice more was my weight. And that became a bigger deal to me than it had been in the past. And I didn't diet or anything before that, but I do remember specifically a time where in 
phys ed class or gym. I don't know what people call it, but ENS. <laughs> ENS. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Exercise and nutritional science. That's what it was in my high school. Wow. Didn't we talk about this? Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I remember that now. <laughs> um, yeah. So I remember in phys ed, we had a day where like it was that fitness check or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. what those are called, but one of the parts of that was being weighed. And I remember being really nervous because I didn't want, I mean, obviously like you don't want your peers to see your weight. That's just uncomfortable. I remember that day they were, they were pretty good about it and they kept, made sure that when you went up to be weighed, no one was around, you know, they kept it private um, and all the things. But I remember that I stepped on the scale and my PE teacher, you know, wrote my weight down and looked up at me and I feel like he registered that I was wildly uncomfortable. And, and he wouldn't be right. And, (laughs) and he kind of made a comment that I think was because I, I was wearing, um, we didn't have to change into our PE uniform that day. So I was wearing jeans and, uh, and cowboy boots, like these really hefty boots. And he, and he looked up at me and then made a comment about my shoes. And he was like, I wonder how much your boots weigh. They're pretty hefty. And, uh, and he said it in this manner that I took to mean that he registered how uncomfortable I was. I was kind of trying to be like, this isn't, this number doesn't really mean anything. You, you're fine, you know? Which is awkward to be in a position where it's like, we're going to take this number to do something with it. It's not pointless. And then them also being like, but, but, but don't worry about it. It's pointless. Yeah. That's and confusing. It is. But I remember that specific memory because I started weighing myself more after that. Mm. And this sounds silly and it has nothing to do with that teacher but or, or his comment. But afterwards, I was like, well, how much do I weigh without these boots on? And, uh, and he was right. It was less. But I, <laughs> I started weighing myself more frequently again having nothing to do with that specific comment or situation because these thoughts were obviously already kind of brewing in my mind but I just started to take action on them after Mm -hmm. that and I would watch my weight go up and not really know why or understand exactly what was happening and I remember and I wasn't weighing myself all the time but I do remember when I would weigh myself that I, it would pretty consistently go up. Uh, not by a lot, but that started to really frustrate me. And I do remember going, having some sporadic days of not wanting to eat or not eating a ton. But it was just a one-off kind of thing. And then the next day I'd be fine and and not really care anymore. Um, so that scale weighing moment 
was kind of the moment you decided you wanted to lose weight or quote unquote get healthy. Yeah, I think it was the moment that I became aware that I wanted to weigh less Mm. and but I didn't do anything about it yet. Sure. And so I guess yes in answer to that. And so leading right up into where the physical aspect of it actually started, I remember another moment where I think it was New Year's Eve and I had been so I had been going back and forth already with feeling guilty after I would eat a lot. Um, and that kind of came into play while, when I started weighing myself more frequently because I would, in my mind, attribute what I ate to what I weighed, mostly for worse, because those numbers kept going up. And then, and sometimes they would be, they would fluctuate a tiny bit. Um, but I remember... I think it was New Year's Eve one uh, one year that I, or that year, <laughs> that I had eaten a lot and I wasn't feeling good about myself. And during our like actual New Year's Eve party, I went to weigh myself in the bathroom and I stepped on the scale and I just felt awful and that was the moment where I was like I this has to change I can't handle seeing these numbers anymore they have to be lower by that point that number became so much of how I was seeing myself the higher that it got the worse I felt about myself and and so I just hit that point where I was like I can't I can't keep watching this happen. So I just want to throw in, like, I don't know if you relate to this feeling or not, but you describing being in the middle of a party and going to weigh yourself. I do remember not just when I was bulimic, but before having those moments where you're in a social situation or you're in like a group in the comfort of your own home and you go just check. And I don't know about you, but for me, that number on the scale would sometimes validate or de-escalate a negative feeling I was already having. Mm. Yeah. So in, when I would do that kind of thing in, in a group or a social situation and just need to go check, I can't remember any specific moment where something happened and I was like, I feel bad. I must go check my weight. But there's a general sense that I was like, I don't know if my feeling bad is real or not. And I need something external to tell me if I should be feeling this way or not. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I if think... it, and if it was an uncomfortable number, then I'd be like, there's the proof that validates that I'm, I'm feeling these things for a real reason. And then if it was lower, then it could help me just be like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, it would help de-escalate that emotion. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that for sure was a huge part of the whole process. Yeah, so after that, I made the decision that I wanted to lose weight. And that in of itself wasn't unhealthy for me. Like, 
when I told people I think I want to lose a little bit of weight, they were like, okay, sure, if you want to, go for it. Yeah, because by nature, wanting to lose a little weight is not a bad desire or a bad thing to feel or want. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so people reacted positively to me. And, and I think that I genuinely wanted it to be for a health reason. So I would tell, I told my parents and my immediate family that I wanted to do this. And some of my friends too, my really close friends, everyone was on board and that's kind supportive, of, which, yeah. yeah, which is the nature of. <laughs> and being in high school is kind of that transitional state to being an adult. So taking control of your own health and diet is something that it, it is encouraged in general like you need to learn to do that and do that well totally and yeah so everyone everyone was super um supportive of me and and in the beginning I I had some unhealthy tendencies and you had talked about this Kate in our last episode that you lost weight in a healthy way before but in doing that, you picked up some unhealthy tendencies. Yeah. And so when I, I had a similar experience when I started trying to lose weight and be quote unquote healthy, that I started it and it wasn't actually a bad thing. I was doing it in a pretty healthy way. However, I was picking up some unhealthy tendencies. And one of those things was weighing myself a lot. And, and in the beginning, it was like, every few days and then it became progressively more which we'll get into a little bit later but I remember just trying to do uh you know I'm gonna eat more fruits and vegetables and I'm gonna eat you know the things that we're supposed to do and I'm not cutting anything out at this point everything's still in moderation and everything's all fine and dandy one of my friends and I started jogging together and, and it, that was all fine. Um, but I started to lose weight and I felt really good about that. And it's a good feeling. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong with feeling good about losing weight and being, you know, the more I started to lose weight and have that feeling of feeling good and proud of myself and feeling like I was doing a good job at something, the more I wanted to continue to do it. And that's when I kind of hit a plateau at one point of... Which is normal. Yeah. The weird thing is that when I hit that, I actually felt pretty good about myself. I had lost this weight and now I was at this point where I felt generally okay. There was a short period of time then where I think I was pretty happy. And then that feeling wore off. Something felt like it needed to change because now I had lost weight and I felt like I looked good. For the most part, you know, everyone has their days of not feeling that way. But for the most part, I felt happy with myself and I, and I was pretty proud of myself. But 
those unhealthy tendencies that I just talked about um, were still happening. And the unhealthy tendencies being weighing yourself often. Being weighing myself. Oh, one thing that I forgot in, in that category was I did start in that time period to have a lot more guilt when I would eat something that I felt like was unhealthy. And, and so in that time period, I did already start to have more days where I would not eat as much as I should because I felt guilty about what I ate the day before. Okay, so just for clarity's sake, mm-hmm. or to recap, just to recap, you became aware that you weren't happy with the number on the scale, that you wanted to lose weight. You started eating healthier or just more in moderation? Would Is there like both and? More in moderation. So you started moderating your intake and exercising more Mm -hmm. and you lost weight and you felt good about it you felt like you had done a good job you hit a plateau where you were pretty happy with everything but while losing that weight in a healthy context you picked up some bad habits or some negative tendencies some bad ways of thinking that externalized themselves in weighing yourself often which Mm -hmm. isn't something you did before And in becoming more aware of your intake, you started associating eating too much or eating certain kinds of things as bad, and you started feeling guilt. Were there any other tendencies or habits that you picked up during that time? I'm trying to remember. Did you like jogging and exercising? Did you enjoy that, or did it feel... I mean, it's always hard when you start off doing those things, but was there anything in doing those things where you felt a little masochistic or, (laughs) or like it did, it wasn't, it didn't get to a point where it was fun or energizing or made you feel better that day? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to remember if, because that did end up happening and I think it did start now that I reflect on that it did start during that time of another unhealthy tendency that I picked up was that in response to feeling guilty about something that I ate I would exercise more Mm. and and I didn't do it to an extreme at that point but but it was more of a a sporadic you started seeing seeing your eating and your exercising as like two scales that you had to keep even. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good way of describing it. And so that start that perspective started to come into play more. And you said losing the weight made you feel good. Was there anything else going on outside of this that you felt like you couldn't do well or you couldn't Yeah. Like, were there other things swirling around where this was kind of a place where you were able to take control or do something well? For sure. I, again, I was in ninth grade at this point and I had some really, I had some really great friends in high school 
But at that point, I felt like I didn't know very many people. One of the things that I struggled with um, going into my freshman year was I, I really felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. Um, and I had some good friends. At that point, those were beginning friendships. So I didn't feel particularly close with anyone yet. And now that I think about it, it's, it's interesting because the first part of my ninth grade year, I was really struggling with those things and not feeling like I was making friends and or feeling like the friends that I was making were just school friends. And <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and those things are good and fine, but I didn't feel like felt like my only close relationships were outside of school and it was hard to not have that for most of my day yeah yeah and now that I think about that I also realized that when I started losing weight those beginning friendships started to naturally become closer friendships just by nature of we had spent more time together and I started to have more fun in school and I started to feel like in general people liked me more and because of where I was at I was filtering that through the lens of well it's because I look better that people <laughs> like me more yeah. and that obviously upon reflection I realized that that was not true I had more friends because I talked to more people because I felt more confident but I didn't process it that way then so I definitely was still struggling pretty significantly with my self-image even though I felt like I had done a good job I also felt like now my happiness depended on what I looked like yeah so so those two things now tied together and that's really hard to break those apart if I can just backtrack about we we just were talking about unhealthy tendencies another thing that is important to know is that i also had started to count calories a little bit more and recognize how many calories were in what i was eating at that point it wasn't super unhealthy but that became something that i was more and more aware of also in this time, I started reading a lot of cookbooks, which mm -hmm. sounds fine, but <laughs> I started reading a lot of like health cookbooks and became very into cooking and particularly finding recipes that I could cook for myself that were under a certain number of calories. Mm. I didn't do it all the time then. But that was one unhealthy thing that I started to pick up was finding the food with the fewest calories that I could consume mm -hmm. and, and reading a lot about that. That brings us up to that point where I started to feel, again, like I now changed, but I still suddenly didn't feel good enough again. And 
now I was going into the high of success wore off. Yeah. It was a weird tension between feeling like I'd accomplished something, but feeling like I didn't accomplish enough. And weirdly, because I had lost weight at this point, when someone who hadn't seen me for a while or whatever would comment that I looked good or that they noticed that I lost weight, it would weirdly make me feel bad Hmm. that I didn't lose more weight. That wasn't because of any particular person or comment, but more so because I was still feeling so insecure that my value and my happiness depended on what I looked like that I was already feeling still very negative. And so when someone would point it out to me, I would be like, well, maybe I should keep going. It's a fine line because if you lose weight and someone, even if it's a compliment, if you still feel bad about the way you look or you just still feel bad about yourself, that attention feels negative. It feels like you're being noticed for something that you're still uncomfortable with versus if you lost weight and you felt really good about it and you felt good about yourself, getting that attention just affirms that you're feeling good. Getting that attention if you're still feeling bad just is like, oh, people are looking at that. Yeah. I think that what I'm discovering right now in the moment in sharing this is that my feeling good about losing weight wasn't necessarily me feeling good about myself. Mm -hmm. So I started to amplify the unhealthy habits that I already was doing because I felt like I still needed to change something about myself because I still didn't feel good about myself. And so I think I just felt like maybe I just didn't quite do enough yet. I felt like I was in a place where it could go either way that I was, I was okay and people liked me, but what if I accidentally gained some weight just a little bit would make a big difference and then maybe people wouldn't like me anymore. And the weird thing about weight gain and weight loss is that you kind of wear your success and your failure on your outside. Yeah, exactly. To lose weight and then gain it back again. And for people, especially if people have commented on like, oh, look at that success that you had, that's great for you. Then there's a deeper fear that if you gain it back or something changes, then they're gonna, you already know they noticed, they're gonna notice if you fail or you yeah. fall back and it becomes, to where you were. It becomes such a, such a fear of, of people noticing the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and that and so I started to get into this mentality. It's so interesting that you point that out because that was really what I was feeling, and was just this fear of being noticed for what I didn't want to be noticed for, and and so I started getting into this mentality that I knew starting like I knew when I decided to lose more weight that I didn't need to lose more weight in terms of medically speaking but I thought maybe if I could lose a little bit more weight then I wouldn't have to live in fear because even if I gain a little bit it won't make that much of a difference 
And so I was, I wanted to lose weight essentially to remain in this, what I felt was like a safe place mm-hmm. so that I was, it was just like a form of like self-protection, I think. You wanted a buffer. Yeah, exactly. And I started doing uh, a lot of things that I don't necessarily want to share, but I will. (laughs) Um, It's hard to share some of the kind of crazy things that you've done when you were at a really low point in your life because it feels like the ugly side that you don't want people to know existed or exists I get but in light of sharing this story I will share some of those things I realized that upon looking back on all of this I have told you before Kate that the whole time that I had an eating disorder and I might have previously mentioned this I was pretty fully convinced that I did not have an eating disorder and in looking back on that and why that was and what I was thinking because now I look back and I'm like what were you doing but in trying to remember what my thoughts were I actually remembered that in deciding to lose more weight I did so much research but not like correct research I started looking at all of these charts and I became really like neurotic about kind of charts? it. So I, I started looking at all these like height weight charts and BMI <laughs> charts and the ones that give you like the, if you're this height and, and this age, you probably fall between this weight for a healthy weight. Brie, I did that in high school too. I wasn't bulimic till later, but like, Yes, I remember that. I feel like this is probably pretty common. Okay, I'm glad that you are reacting like this because, again... I just had, like, a flood of memories of yeah. doing, just needing to, like, neurotically check and just make sure I knew and try to wrap my head around that and be like, but is that real? Let me find another one. Yes, exactly. So it's like you find all these things and then I looked at those numbers and I was like, okay, so... If I get my weight to here, I'm not underweight by any of these charts, and I'm not even close to being overweight. And that negotiation starts happening with the information you're taking exactly. in. Exactly. And, and so I realized, Kate, that one of the reasons that I was fully convinced that I was that I did not have an eating disorder was because I thought that if I could control my weight, so that it was just above underweight. As long as I didn't go underweight, I didn't have an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And I could I could do whatever I wanted as long as I stayed at a certain, honestly, a, a couple pounds above underweight for me. And I had that in my mind. And I was like, as long as I can stay there and I don't go past that, I'm fine. Because that's what all of this information is telling me. That's when everything started to really slide downhill for me, both physically and mentally. And again, I'll just tell everyone, when I had an eating disorder, I never got underweight. But I did have an eating disorder. And I was anorexic. 
And I can confidently say that now, where it took me a while to be able to even call it what it was. So I started doing some pretty crazy things, including what we already talked about, weighing myself every day, but not just every day, but multiple times a day. And that number would determine if I was happy with myself or if I was not happy with myself. Or whether a decision was good or bad. Whether a decision was good or bad. And it's like a weird magic eight ball. It And yes. <laughs> and it would also determine what decision I made next. Oh, yeah. Would I, would I eat? Would I not eat? If I ate, what can I eat? If I didn't exercise, what exercise would I do? If I did exercise, did I need to exercise more? And the scale became like a dictator in my life because I let it. And I became really obsessed with exercise, for one thing, um, and food, which is so weird to say. But when I was anorexic, I was so obsessed with food because I couldn't have it or I didn't let myself have it. And for some reason, by human nature, we become obsessed about the things that we can't have. Mm -hmm. And this is where I started to pick up a lot of new, fresh and new, bad habits. One of those things was not ever finishing anything in what I ate. One of the ways that that manifested was, weirdly enough, with cooking and baking, specifically baking, I got really into baking and cooking. And I will talk about this later, aka in our last episode, but my relationship just with cooking and baking ended up being so torn apart that I had to really work later to gain back that, like, a real love for it. Hmm. Um, Interesting, because for everyone who doesn't already know this, Brie will make our household, and whenever anybody comes over, a ton of goodies. And sometimes she just walks through the door in the evening, and our other roommate, Hannah, and I will both be like, Brie, want to make brownies? And she'll just make brownies that night for us so yeah it is it is something that I genuinely love doing but in this time that love for doing that became just completely uh uh what's the word like that love the love for doing that became completely intertwined with my obsession over food and not eating it um and so I started baking a lot and looking again I, I already said I was looking at a lot of cookbooks and and I would literally just sit there and read them because I liked to look at the pictures of food that I would not eat oh my gosh and like a playboy magazine for you <laughs> I hate that comparison but but okay um, <laughs> tell me that that's inaccurate you're though. not wrong 
that's why I can't argue. <laughs> um, so I would bake and I got pretty good at it. And, and it's not that I wasn't enjoying it while I was doing it, but that became a thing where I would, I would bake food. Be, it made me feel like I was experiencing food without eating it. Interesting. And also in that time period is when I started to be quote unquote not hungry. And that is a phrase that I do not know how many times I said. I don't even know exactly where the thought process came from, but I just thought, well, an excuse to not eat is that I'm not hungry. And people won't argue with I'm not hungry. And people won't question I'm not hungry. And so I started using that as an excuse in any social setting where there was food. This is also around the time where I started, you had a thought. I, I did have a thought. I, this sounds so macabre, but I have this image of you having like a blog, a popular blog in the early mid 2000s called the anorexic baker and <laughs> and the like the little tagline under it is like not hungry and or i don't eat i love food so i don't eat it oh my god <laughs> that's so accurate to what i was actually doing <laughs> do you know how they treat flour when they bleach it So, this is also around the time where I started to pick up a lot of new unhealthy bad habits. Yay, new things. Yay, new things. Um, you know, because... <laughs> no, I'm not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> again, I liked baking, but there was also a fear in it because... If I made something, chances are likely that I would have to eat some of it because I would make it and then give it to other people or have it, you know, give it to my family or whatever. And likely, if I'm baking things for people, they'll be like, oh, have some with me. So that became, there became a little bit of a fear in doing that too where I had to now come up with an excuse of why I wouldn't. Anyways. A real good place to channel your creativity into, by the way. Yeah, I got very creative in this time. And by creative, I mean I got good at lying to people. You know what's weird is that I started to say things, and this is something that I realize now, that if you tell yourself, something enough or you tell someone else something enough you even if you know it's not true you will start to believe it mm -hmm. and I so I kept saying I'm not hungry I'm not hungry I'm not hungry and eventually I just started to not feel hungry and I'm not saying that to be like hey guys this is what works <laughs> because when I say th what I mean when I say that I didn't feel hungry is that I told myself that so many times that 
feeling hunger pain was included in not feeling hungry. Mm-hmm. And that empty pain in my stomach was me not being hungry. But that wasn't the only excuse that I came up with because that got old pretty fast. And that's when it really started to feel like I needed to grasp onto control a little bit tighter because people were starting to question me more. Hmm. And so I needed to come up with a way in my mind that everything that I was doing was okay because I really did rationalize to myself why everything that I was doing was fine Um, because I thought that I had full control and and again I thought you know well if my weight doesn't dip below underweight then I'm fine the interesting thing especially in this day and age with having so much access to information is that you were very informed but you took the information that you consumed that wasn't necessarily inaccurate information it wasn't like you were reading fake news about weight and body mass index and calories and nutrition but you took in real information and you just pieced it together in a way that suited what you needed to believe exactly yeah I that's what it is really right is that you you take in real information and you filter it through your lie that you're believing. And I think that we do that with a lot of things to suit what we feel like we need, exactly what you're saying. Um, what we need to be happy, whatever that means to us in that moment. Yeah. Or just to survive. <laughs> yeah. I do remember a specific time where I was exercising and I don't remember exactly what triggered this burst of really hardcore exercise randomly at night and I remember I was just working out and I looked at myself not in the mirror like I just like looked down at myself (laughs) and I just got so unhappy with just all the things, how my stomach looked, how my legs looked. And I remember I just felt like I felt so completely overwhelmed because in that moment, I felt like what I was doing wasn't working, even though I was so exhausted from working out, from not having eaten anything. And I mentally was all over the place and just seeing myself and the the way that my body fit into my clothing in that moment was so overwhelming for me and I remember just out of seemingly nowhere I just screamed I was by myself in the house there was no one else there I just screamed and screamed and like and I'm not really that type of person who lets out emotion in that way specifically but it was this completely it's like to this day it's still kind of a very surreal moment to me Mm -hmm. because I had so much emotion that I I couldn't even define it was like a mixture of disappointment 
and disgust and rage just all came out of me in this sound that I have never heard myself make nor hopefully will ever make again that I like I I heard it in my own ears as it was happening and I was like this I don't even it was so unfamiliar to me I didn't like I I barely knew where it was coming from and I just remember sobbing afterwards like it just it went from this weird enraged scream in right into a deep sob and I just couldn't control anything that was happening I couldn't control like my body I couldn't control my tears I couldn't control anything that was happening and I remember I and I was standing in my room and I I remember kind of like standing there and being almost in a shock and then I sat down on my bed and I had a mirror directly across from my bed and I looked over into the mirror and I remember there was like I can't even describe the feeling that I had because I didn't I didn't look at like I looked directly into my eyes in the mirror and I thought I don't know her and just like the fear that completely overwhelmed me in that moment. I was just staring at this person who logically I knew was me. You know, I was like, that's obviously myself, but that like that shell of a person, I don't know. And I think the thing that really, that really gets me about that moment is that that's, that wasn't the peak and then it all changed and I decided that something was wrong and I needed to get help that was just a really terrifying moment that didn't change anything and I kept doing exactly what I was doing only a little bit more filled with fear because I all of a sudden realized that there was somewhere something inside of me that didn't have control and I needed to get a hold of it somehow because the idea of losing the control that I thought I had was way scarier to me than the idea that I was becoming someone that I didn't know and I think (laughs) I think that I'm laughing instead of crying because that's what I you know do (laughs) but I think that that kind of encapsulates where I was at mentally during this experience you had to double down yeah it gets pretty dark when you realize that you would rather allow yourself to become someone else than give up the control and I think perhaps that moment allowed for as you would say holes to be poked in the lies that I was believing Mm. and I think that perhaps that specific moment did something in my mind where while it didn't change what I was doing and it didn't change my emotions and it didn't change my thoughts or my belief in 
the lies that I was telling myself. But you couldn't unsee the truth. Exactly. I started at that point cutting out a lot more things. And um, I don't know if we want to include this or not, but I'll be specific right now. But I started really getting specific of, uh, you know, anything. Like, actually, it really ties into what you're saying of I was taking in information and then filtering it through or piecing it together the way that I wanted it to be. And so I was reading all this nutrition, like nutritional information and, and all this stuff, but I was just piecing it together. So, um, I knew how many calories were in things and, and I knew what not to eat. I started to say another phrase I started to say often was that I was nauseous and it wasn't because I was nauseous, but just because I didn't want to eat. And I, um, and I would literally like by saying, again, by saying it so much, I would make myself believe that it was true. And, and these hunger pains are nausea and therefore I can't eat. Yeah, exactly. I completely in, in all of this, I completely desensitized myself to what hunger cues are. And I, like, I literally couldn't, uh, I couldn't comprehend what my body was trying to tell me ever. And so I decided that I didn't like certain foods. That was another excuse that I came up with. And all of those foods fell into what I deemed as, like, unhealthy. So I was like, I don't like, just sort of, like, random ridiculous things. Like, I don't like bread. I don't like egg yolks was one. I don't like... I'll eat the white, but not the yolk because, you know, I don't like chocolate. I don't like just anything that I thought was unhealthy. I just didn't like it. And again, I really made myself believe. I felt like I wasn't lying to people because I made myself believe. So I start doing all these things and people, people do start noticing that something is off with me. And, and that just made me feel like I had to control it more. Um, so one thing that I remembered during all of this is that I was in a musical theater production because I was, I was like a musical theater kid. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> and it was really fun. And I do, I do remember specifically that that was a really good time in the middle of all of this, but not because I was having healthy habits, just because... It was fun and I felt like I was accepted by those people and yet it was still, it just, you know what sucks is that an eating disorder or anything like that, any negative feelings about yourself, just it takes away, it takes joy out of some really great things, you know, and I could list a lot of ways that that came into play and friendships and and being able to just go hang out with people because there ended up being so much anxiety that stemmed from not feeling good about myself. And <laughs> sorry, the reason that I'm like getting slightly emotional in remembering this is because I was not expecting to feel emotional, but 
yeah, again, like, I felt really bad about myself during this time that I was in this musical. However, the people that I was there with were just some of the most wonderful people and I loved them so much and they, um, I think that it was one of the very few times in when I was in such a low place that even though I didn't feel like I was enough, I felt like these people like still loved me. <laughs> but in some weird way, that was confusing because I had such a low opinion of myself that having someone just accept you is kind of a strange feeling. That aside, I remember a specific, well, I remember specifically that during all of that, the reason I actually brought this up is because during all of that, I remember feeling good about when we had our, um, our costume fittings and, and clothes fit on me that didn't used to fit on me. And the sizes that I required were smaller than they were before. And that made me feel good about myself and like kind of validated that all of these people liked me because I, <laughs> you know, because I looked this way and could fit in these clothes. And that's why people... Wow. I really robbed you of... just like the truth of your own value yeah yeah and that's um what a weird thing it is weird and like I think that I have I haven't spent too much time thinking about all of the things that I didn't fully experience because of this so that just brought on a sudden emotional ride. But anyways, <laughs> uh, there is, hold on, we're going to pull ourselves together because there is a specific story that I want to tell that, that I promise has to do with all of this. So I remember, obviously all of these thoughts were very forefront in my mind at this point. One night we had a show, like an actual live performance and we had in our little green room we had snacks and stuff like that and I remember I walked out and down into our green room after our musical number and there wasn't a ton of people in there and I was kind of hungry and I went over to the where they had these little like snacks there was a box of animal crackers sitting there and I had already eaten a couple and I had this moment where I knew that no one was really around. I thought I was by myself kind of. So I was like, if I could quickly look at how many calories are in this, 
no one would know, no one would see me do it because I was very self-conscious about people being aware that I was doing that. So I just quick picked it up and looked at the back of the box and then put it back down because I realized that I had already had like half a serving of animal crackers and that was enough for me. I didn't need to have any more. And so I put the box back down and walked away from it and kind of was just like, okay, well, I won't do that then. And started walking away and I heard, I heard a girl behind me who I didn't know was there and she had just walked in after I had and she said, Brie, did you just look at the calories on that and then walk away? And I was mortified. I turned around and I started to try to come up with a response quick and even before I got anything out of my mouth, she just like came, like was right beside me and looked directly into my eyes and was like, no, and then walked away. And I ran after her and I was like, I like, I wasn't doing that. I, you know, I, I was so afraid that I had just lost like this image of myself that I thought everyone liked. And I was like afraid that my, my like secret was out now. And so I ran up behind her and I tried to like come up with something and I knew that she had seen what I was doing and she was not the type of person that would back down easily. And so I, and, and we were like, we were friends. We were pretty good friends. And I was like, oh, well, I do, I like to look at nutrition on things, but like, you know, it's just because I like to know what, what I'm eating and, you know, and I tried to come up with this like explanation that sounded to me like a good explanation of what just happened. And she just kind of had this expression of just a recognition. I just like, it was the first time that someone looked at me and I thought, I think that you know what I'm doing. And she didn't say anything except just a very unconvinced, well, okay. And I was like, okay. And I started to walk away and she just said, but you don't need to do that. And I just remember being so scared afterwards that I had just, one, lost a friend and that two, somehow now everyone would know. And that's not what happened at all. Nothing changed in my relationships after that. And, and no one approached me about it. No one, I don't think that she said anything to anyone. For her, it was probably just a one-time conversation that she probably didn't think about that much afterwards because she didn't, she didn't know the depth of what was going on. You know, she just saw that one moment. But that really like shook me into realizing, or I guess into a deeper realization of the belief that I had, the, the lie that I believed. If people saw me for what I really was, they wouldn't actually like me. I kind of, I kind of just convinced myself that I had covered it up and that everything was fine. And that I just kind of moved on from it and kept walking down the path that I was already walking down. And then we start 10th grade. And going back into school, 
was, well, I guess I should say that that's when everything got to an extreme that ended up falling apart. Being back in school, I was able to feel like I had a little bit more control over what I was consuming, even though I already was controlling everything. I felt more power in, you know, now I'm packing my own lunch and and I'm away from home for most of the day, so it's way easier to hide what I'm doing. So I started to eat significantly less and sometimes just nothing at all. And then I was exercising more and more. Not necessarily that I was exercising a ton more than I already had been, but just that I was exercising now at this point to burn off everything that I had eaten. I don't know. If I ate whatever amount of calories, then I had to do an exercise that I, in my research, learned would burn off that same number of calories. And it was just this cycle that went back and forth. And that's when I started to really physically not feel good in terms of I just felt so tired and so weak. And again, I just would like to remind everyone that I was not underweight, but physically my body was at this point, like, I I can't do it. And I would force myself to do exercise and afterwards feel like I was going to pass out or throw up. And I, and that was a weird feeling to feel like I was going to throw up when I knew very well that there was nothing in my stomach. And in that time, I remembered that my relationship with the scale started to get even more interesting because now basically every time I stepped on the scale the number didn't really change all that much unless it went down a little bit and there was a few times that I remember at this point I started to feel like I was losing control a little bit even though I wouldn't have said it I just started to feel like sometimes I didn't have a handle on things and sometimes I would step on the scale and realize that like my weight was just teetering on the line of about to dip below underweight and as I said that to in my mind meant that I had an eating disorder and so when I would see that that would terrify me um, because it made me feel like I was losing control over what I was doing so I got into this like cycle where I would go and see that and get so scared and then fix it, quote unquote, by going and eating food that was higher in calories because I was scared to get underweight, but then, so I would eat more and try to balance it out a little bit more, but then as soon and I, and I could do that for like a few days at a time. But then as soon as I would step on the scale and see that the number actually climbed up just a tiny bit, I would feel so guilty for doing that because I felt like I overdid it. Mm. I like overfixed the problem and now I had to not eat anything again. And so when now it was just this never-ending struggle for control between myself and myself 
you know? <laughs> and oh uh, I still didn't admit to myself that I had an eating disorder, but that is more to the point where I started to be like, oh, I don't have as much control here as I think I do. And then that started to turn into like a lot more fear of, oh no, have I gone too far? But I didn't admit that to anyone. And I tried really, really hard to convince myself that I was going to be fine and that I had control because if I didn't have control, that that meant I had to stop what I was doing. And if I stopped what I was doing, then in my mind, that meant that I would gain all of this weight back. And the ramifications of that would be that I wouldn't be worth anything, that I would be unlovable, that no one would like me. And that I would be right back where I started before all of this. And the irony of that is that, like we just talked about, um, even though I felt more accepted by people from my own perception when I lost weight, I couldn't enjoy it and I couldn't fully accept their acceptance of me because I didn't accept myself. And so all the work that I was doing to control it was really just further destroying my mental and emotional state and and physical, obviously, whereas I was convinced that it was making it better. And I remember it started to escalate when more and more people were asking me directly if I was okay and also asking my parents a lot if there was something wrong and my mom would tell me those things like hey so-and-so asked about you and asked if you were okay are you okay and she knew I wasn't okay and I knew that she knew that but I was struggling so hard to not have to give it up and to make this thing that I knew was unsustainable and somehow manipulate it into being sustainable. And I was just so convinced that I, like, I could do it if I just really, if I just really try, I think I can make this work. And then it was, so I kept telling people that I was fine. Every, you know, everything's fine. Everything's, everything's on fire, but it's fine. And I remember this one time where, like, I didn't ever really feel like I was being dishonest in telling people that I was fine because I had really convinced myself that I was fine or that I was going to be fine. But then it started becoming more of when I would say, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing great. It was kind of more so to convince myself than it was in response to the question. And I remember this one time, the, the youth pastor at my church came up to me and just said the same thing that everyone else had been saying of, hey, are you okay? And I responded the same way that I always do or always did, being like, yeah, I'm fine. But then she kind of went an extra step that nobody really went and stopped me before I just brushed it aside and was like, are you still eating? And I responded being like, yeah, I kind of like a, 
what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm still eating, obviously. I'm fine. Okay, bye. And I did very much, like, deflect and try to, you know. And she, she kind of just was like, well, okay. But if you ever wanted to talk, you can talk to me. I just want you to be okay. And then she walked away. And, and that was one of the first times where I was like, oh, I just lied to her and that made me feel really bad and I recognized it as a lie and it put it in such a different perspective that really scared me because um because she was someone who I I mean all of these people I cared about but this was like it was just the first time that I realized that I lied to someone that I really cared about and that and that really cared about me and who like made an actual impact on my life as and like and it's it's weird because because a lot of people who asked me if I was okay were people that were very important to me and who I loved very much but for some reason it was just fr coming from her just like sparked this thing in me where I you had I, never lied to her before. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That, yeah. I don't know if it was that exact moment, but it was around that time when I really started to not be sure if I was okay. And then not long after that, my parents, I won't really, I'm not going to tell the whole story of this um, because this includes other people and I'm I don't want to include them without their permission but my parents shortly after that confronted me and we I don't I don't really want to call it an argument but not that I don't want to call it an argument I don't think it was an argument per se but it was rather just like this explosion of emotions the culmination um, of all these things you both had kind of been repressing yeah from talking about fully exactly and they and they sat down with me and were like like you're not okay this isn't okay and I did fight back at that because I so so much wanted to not lose the control that I thought that I had um, but there had been so many holes being poked in these lies that I was believing that that moment hit me differently this time. And that conversation with my parents hit me differently than other times my parents had tried to talk to me because now I just wasn't sure anymore. And I remember after that conversation, <laughs> I weighed myself and even stepping on the scale, I was, like, afraid in a way that I hadn't been afraid before. And I just, like, looked at the number. And it's not that it was different, but it's just that my perspective was different. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, though, it was the, the following day. Or sometime in the following week. I can't remember the exact date. Because, I, you know, I still was weighing myself every day after that conversation. But then I stepped on the scale at a sometime shortly after that 
and the number had dipped a little bit lower again. And that's when I was like, I don't think I have control and I don't think that I'm okay. And I, it was in that moment that I realized I cannot keep doing this because I'm actually not okay now. And that was kind of the definitive moment for me of what I'm doing has to stop and it has to change because this isn't okay for me and this isn't basically like I don't have the control that I thought that I had and that's about where uh, all of that finally registered for me. So there's a lot more that happened after that. That was not in any stretch the end of that story and um but that is where i think we should end it for today we'll we'll look forward to next week when kate shares her story thanks it, for going first brie i mean it wasn't necessarily my decision but you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> thanks for going along with what i decided for the both of us <laughs> yeah no problem as always we encourage you to include other people in whatever you're going through to remember that you have value, you're not alone, and it is okay to share the burden with other people. We highly recommend it. Yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye.